Hola YouTube, my name is Ricardo Lino and I'm a wheel addict. Right now you're about to hear my fifth skate talk. Today we're gonna be talking with someone which isn't less of a wheel addict than I am. For some of you who don't know, I do work with product development and I do work with marketing for PowerSlide. But today we're gonna be talking with someone who does basically the same and a little bit more and for way longer than I do for another brand, Rollerblade. Today we're going to be talking with Tom Iser. So let's make the phone call. What's up, Mr. Tom Iser? <laughs> How are you How's doing? How's going? I'm doing pretty good, man. Just here in Huntsville, Alabama, getting ready to go to Atlanta for a photo shoot. That's cool. Who are you going to shoot in Atlanta? Oh, man, I'm going to be working with Sean Keen, Cameron Talbot, Coco Sanchez, Casey Cleveland, Jorge Botero, and actually my kids, because uh, they're going to be shredding on some little aggressive skates. Ooh, that's amazing. So let's start yeah, this yeah. differently. First question. I need to make you this question before you even present yourself. Okay. Can I call it rollerblading or inline skating? What should I call it? As the marketing manager for Rollerblade, I would prefer you call it inline skating. Yeah, we we call it uh that was my marketing manager voice. We call it blading or skating or inline skating just because rollerblading is technically a trademark thing under rollerblade. So yeah. Okay. Obviously we don't make a big stink about that, but <laughs> I really had to start like this. But anyway, yeah. let, <laughs> let's get it going. For the people Funny listening man. to this, for the people listening to this who don't who doesn't know who Mr. Tom Iser is, can you please just tell everyone uh, who you are and for how long you've been skating, for how long you've been doing what you do and all that thing, all those things. Okay. I don't even know. Um so I started skating when I was 15. I'm 41. So it's been a long time. Um, Always on inline skates? Start, uh, no, I started out on... Actually, I started on roller skates when I was... Geez, probably like... I don't know, six years old or something like that. And then <laughs> I skated... You know, it's like during the breakdance time. So I skated in the rink a lot. I did like the races, did a little speed team action. Um, and then my brother's friend had a skateboard... And probably when I was 10, I uh, learned how to skateboard in the basement on this cool, like, little double kick fiberglass board and got super into skateboarding and just kind of borrowed the kids' skateboards down the street when I could because my mom was like, you're going to break your arm. <laughs> Wouldn't buy me a skateboard. And then, uh, and then I guess when I was, like, 12, I was supposed to go on some, like, group trip to washington dc and i got super sick and my dad felt bad for me and so the money they were going to use to buy like this ticket for me to go to washington dc with my school he bought me a, a skateboard and so i got super into skateboarding and then when i was 15 we moved to wisconsin from atlanta for my dad's job and these kids down the street were on uh on some blades who were they what were they any they were just some neighbor yeah, there were just some neighborhood kids, and I was skateboarding in my neighborhood. Just like there was some, there was like a little gas station spot with a wax curb, and they came skating by, and I was like, "Wait, who are you guys?" You know, like just trying to be anybody in the middle of the summer. And they're like, "Hey, man, what's up?" You know, and they're like, "You should get some 
some of these rollerblades because we play hockey. And I was like, no way, because I want to try hockey. Like, I don't know what I'm going to do in the wintertime here because it snows all winter in Wisconsin. I knew I was going to be bored. So they were like, you know, get some skates and we'll, we'll teach you how to play hockey, you know? And like, this is before I knew, like, this, there was no magazines or anything, right? Like, skates mm-hmm. had just come into bike shops and everything. And so I was like, all right, cool. So, so wait, you used to buy your skates in a bike shop? Yeah, like, so there was a bike shop in Wisconsin, and, um, like, a lot of bike shops, when this, when skates first came out, sold skates and ski shops as well. Like, that's kind of where they were first introduced, and so it was my birthday in July, and I told my dad, I was like, let's go down there, I want to I want to get these rollerblades, and went into the shop, and they had this video playing, and it was like... Pat Parnell and Chris Morris and, and Chris Edwards when he's mad young, like, and they were just like doing what's called urban skating now or power blading, whatever now, like just like <laughs> ripping the city, you know, like going up on banks, jumping off stuff, um, stair riding. And I was like, oh, I just said, I remember watching the video, like, dude, I could do so much cool stuff, like how I do on my skateboard on those things, you know. And then, uh, so I talked my dad into it for my 15th birthday, and he's like. I wanted the lightning. I wanted the the lightnings, which are like the best ones at the time. And he was like, "You'll never use those things." So he got me the Zetras, which are the ones below that. And um, I remember putting those things on, dude. And I was out. I just skated around that summer, and just every waking moment, that was it. I was hooked. And I went skating with those uh, hockey kids a bunch that summer, and just started like kind of going to the same spots I'd go on my skateboard and jump down stuff. And I immediately started like stalling and trying to figure out how to slide on stuff because you know i was doing that on my skateboard a lot and um yeah and, and you, you had know, the the, I, the base off. the basics from the roller skates already so it was easier for you yeah too. yeah i picked it up right away um and then i played hockey that winter and got my ass kicked because these kids are all like grew up playing ice hockey i was like falling everywhere i could skate around but like the hockey stop i would fall and they do these drills where you'd like sprint to the, each line you know I'd fall down at each line. I remember like kids laughing at me. But by the end of the season, dude, I was starting right wing. So I was pretty stoked. I improved a lot. And that was because I was skating in the summer because I had that like movement of skating down. I just needed to learn how to stop on ice skates. And then moved, moved. We only lasted like eight months there in Wisconsin because it was super cold. My mom hated it. And um, so we moved back to Atlanta and I had brought my skates and I got Andy Cruz into it. And my friend, how, how did you met Andy Cruz? Was he your neighbor or something like that? So I knew Andy since like third grade, you know, and then I moved away and came back and I, then I, my parents moved into the same neighborhood as Andy. So I was down the street and we immediately connected um, again. And Andy kind of was a roller skating rink dude. He kind of, he wasn't that, that good at the time at roller skating, but um, we just knew each other. We always had a good, like close homie vibe. But when I moved back, when I was, 15 became super close buddies and um you know I, i got my i was the first to get my car so we'd go out and i was still skateboarding so i'd bring my skateboard and my blades to each spot <laughs> and andy would come to me i'd usually like split time 50 50 on my skateboard and blades and all my skateboard friends were like tripping out when i blade because they thought they thought it was cool this is kind of before all the hate propaganda from like rasher magazine started and uh There's quite a storied history in Atlanta of skateboarding, which is pretty freaking cool. There are a lot of inspirational cats that grew up around me that I looked up to. So, yeah, that's my quick story. <laughs> that's cool. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we kind of like 
I kind of started uh, inline skating about the same age as you when I was 15, but that was like a, it was a little bit earlier. It was like when I was 14, maybe, but it was with, no, I was 13, sorry. I was 13, but it was on speed skates. I used to speed skate. And when I was 15, that's when I started using like aggressive skates, if you want to call it. But before that, I was already using the speed skates for like going downstairs and jumping and all that stuff. But when I was like, yeah, there was, there was no aggressive skates. Yeah, I know. Just, but like the first aggressive skates that I had, they were like the Roches Street or something like that. And they didn't yeah. last me more than five months. And you know what yeah. skates I got after? The skates I got after were the K2 Fatty Pros. And I remember taking the second wheel and underneath the second wheel was designed by Tom Heiser. How did you got into K2? How older were you when you made the first skate for K2? I was... I was in art school, dude. I was like on a mission. I was loving my life in art school. I went to Atlanta College of Art, which was is now SCAD, Savannah College of Art. Um, it's a pretty rad art school in Atlanta. And I was set to be like a painter, an art major. Loved it. And um, I was still skating a lot at the time. And so I just, before, I think it was just before art school that summer, I went out to skate at the NIS contest, which was like the first pro tour sponsored by Taco Bell. Mm -hmm. And uh, I went out there and with Andy Cruz and Frankie Lascavio, my buddy Nate Harrison, we just went out there, man, and spent the whole summer. And I qualified seventh for the tour that summer. And I had to bail on it like after a couple contests because school started. But um, Mark Shea is the dude that had was in charge of this at the time i'd stayed his apartment all summer so like every night i was gooning out like showing them skates and the stuff i was modifying and dreaming about the future and how the sport was gonna be all crazy and um, so i went back to atlanta to school and i was like i don't know halfway through the year and um mark shays called me up he's like hey these guys from k2 skates they want to start a team and design a skate and they asked me you know who knows all about cool skate design ideas and has like cool idea on you know, team riders and stuff and he gave him my name and then um, Matt Lacrosse who was the team manager at K2 at the time called me up and was like yo dude you want to you want to make like $1,500 a month and be a pro skater and travel the world and design a skate for us I'm like of course <laughs> I do <laughs> so I designed the skate like just did like a bunch of sketches and 2D drawings um, and sold it to K2 for 500 bucks what you sold the k2 fatty skate which was used for like that amount like it was used yeah. for like 10 years more than 10 years huh i mean they still made the basic design to like what i don't know until like the shrine and the Lennon skate came out or whatever yeah but so. still then they still had the k2 fetties yeah they did i, I wish i had a dollar for every one of those skates that sold because they sold <laughs> a lot of them but it was cool and i mean i, I was making like i don't know dude when i was like 22 years old i was making like almost five thousand bucks a month being a skater and a in like helping with marketing and team management and so i can't really complain i got to go all over the world mm -hmm. and started what i'm doing now so it was cool but you know and i gotta say i wasn't the only person involved with fatty there was uh k2 was pretty smart at the time they like my friend jason from atlanta he was several years older than me he was a um he went to Georgia Tech, which is like a sick engineering school. And so he had some tidbits and information in on it too. But I was like the primary gatekeeper on the designs and like, you know, making sure that it looked like a skate shoe and 
I tested all of its stuff. Like Andy that, that was cool. That was cool because it was, it was the first skate that was actually low. You could backslide. Yeah. Did you ever thought about it when you did it? Did you thought about a backslide skate or anything like that, or just ended up you being know, like? We, uh, we like met a Bruce in New York. Like when I, I skated yeah. for FR right mm -hmm. before the came out. So I remember going there this that summer, I think, like before the whole like NIST tour and K2 happened and Ned was like, yo, we're doing these shifties and we went to Union Square and it was just like on little curves on the stairs and he was doing them, man. You know, he was doing royales and like you had to lean way over. I know that. I bought a pair of Chris Edwards Tarmax like two years ago and that was so hard to do royales and backslides. Just <laughs> It looked cooler, man, you know, like all I the know. newer skates make easier but i guess i'm guilty that we made it easier on a lot of the skates but <laughs> yeah so like i think even med started lifting his foot up like pretty much right away so he was they called him shifties you know and you also had to do your arms so to technically do it um but yeah man so before fatties came out that was going on but it, it made it way easier and then yeah, you could do like that. super steep fails and stuff on yeah. and then so. When did the thing came to put like a little backslide plate? Because I remember from the first fetish to the second ones. What's that? Was that it? They put like a little insert plate, like a backslide to make it a little bit harder, wasn't it? Yeah, it was just to make it last longer. But I mean, right away, as skaters, we're like, we need to modify the molds. We need to like make the sole plate wrap around and be hard on the side. And they're like, that'll cost too much money. Yeah. You know, which is ridiculous because at the time they were selling enough skates to like, retool the molds to do that but i remember arguing with the engineers and they're like it's not possible to make it hard on the side it's gonna you know and i'm just like what it's, i don't understand why it's not and of course it's possible right like yeah but so things anyway, change now you know it but before back then yeah you but know i was it. just i was just a rookie i didn't really understand molds and like all that but anyway and, yeah and how did like how did it and ended up with k2 or was it a change from k2 to rollerblade or it just ended up with k2 and So at K2, man, what happened, like, I guess it was, like, 90, 1998, they started doing all kinds of stuff. So at first it was, like, skis and snowboards and skates. And then they're, like, we're starting K2 bikes. And I remember, like, in 97, um, they, had, they, they bought ProFlex mountain bikes. And that was, like, the first suspension, full suspension mountain bikes. And then they started BMX bikes, too. And the bikes, the suspension bikes came out with like oil-filled coil shocks, which is pretty ahead of its time. And the shocks were just exploding like on the first bikes that came out. And it was this huge, crazy, expensive thing. And they invested a ton of money in bikes and it failed. Um, and that was about the same time that inline skating, it didn't like die at all, but it slowed down quite a bit. Like the mm -hmm. whole hype kind of took a, a notch down. And so K2 made a bunch of cuts all around and I was one of the dudes to get laid off. And um, So from one day to I the other pissed. you you got kicked as a you got kicked out of roller of K2 as a team skater or the whole thing got My team skating thing slowed down a lot man because in the 96X games uh I don't even know if it was 96 whenever the first X games man I was warming up for the contest and i just did the big huge ledge next to the rail i'm like i'm doing the rail I'm like we've been doing huge rails front side and huge rails and my dumbass put brand new frames on and this is the k2 soul slide skate which 
for the fatty. Mm-hmm. So you had these big, tall aluminum frames. And I had just gotten off like these. I cut down some carbon fiber race frames that I was using and made this short little frame with these huge grooves. And that's what I've been skating. But they were like, oh, we'd like you to skate the real skate in the X Games. I'm like, okay, cool. I'm just a rookie, you know? And like, hopped on these brand new frames. They didn't have really any grooves. And I jumped on that rail. And I was going to front side to fakie. And it was like a, I don't know, 15 stair rail. I remember, I remember that rail. It was big. And, and that is warm enough, like in the evening. So the ground, they'd like, they didn't know how to make the ramps back then. So it was just basically like paint on the course with sand thrown in it for a little bit of grip. So it was just horrible. But it was at night in Rhode Island, it gets kind of moist in the air. And so the ground was a little wet. Mm-hmm. And I went down that rail. My back foot slipped out of its groove and I felt it. And I was like, oh, damn, I'm going to have to come out forwards. And I was fully positioning myself to come out backwards. So I landed kind of 90. I know what that is. You broke and, your leg like that. No way. Yeah. And the ground was kind of wet. And I blew my ACL right there. Jack. So mm. after that point, man, I was just like, wow, this is this sport's pretty freaking dangerous. And I just blew my knee apart and that screwed me up. So for like a year and a half, my knee would just pop out. And even after knee surgery, it was weird. And so I got more and more into like the marketing and skate design. I was still skating and doing a lot of stuff, but I wasn't full like stuntman anymore. You know, I kept it just tech and skating mini ramp and like you know, just doing it all on my terms and not worrying about skate contests. Because mm-hmm. I didn't really have to because I was getting paid for doing the other stuff. So skating actually became way more fun when it wasn't like trying to be a pro. Because it didn't matter, you know, like I could just skate on my own terms, you know. So that's kind of what happened there, you know. And then after the whole K2 thing fizzled out, um, right away I was like, oh, I've always wanted my start my own skate shop i'm moving back to atlanta because i was in seattle and i called my brother up who was all into like you know the tech side of things and the internet was just starting to pop off and then my friend frankie lascavia was a graphic designer at art school with me i called him up and i'm like look we're starting an online skate shop no one's doing it right and no one is no one really had any roller warehouse had just started out and the website sucked and um we we had the connections to do something super sick and custom and we started skatepile.com and that went huge really quickly and we did that for eight years i remember that and what happened with skate pile so skate pile went off um it grew insanely in the first few years we were rollerblades number one aggressive dealer and one of their best accounts actually for i don't know four years um selling everybody's stuff even sold we distributed some power slide stuff kaiser frames and things like that and cosmo wheels and um what screwed us up really there's a couple things but we started physics frames under the skate pile umbrella um and that was a cool project like the suspension frames they're i remember those i had had like two or three of those and and my my old boss he bought all of them from you guys i think he bought the whole stock (laughs) from you guys (laughs) yeah it was crazy i think that shame that project hasn't been able to go forward because i've got like version two in my head i've been sitting on for a long time but what happened was man is like during all that time so aggressive skating just every year was getting smaller and smaller and smaller but physics kind of screwed us up because when you're running a, a skate shop your cash flow of how you run a business is like you bring stuff in and you hope to sell it in like three weeks if you can and then you turn it over and you buy more stuff but when you run a frame company it's different because you know, you, you go and you have a manufacturer and you say, okay, I want like 
six months of stock, maybe even farther out than that. And you buy this big bulk of stuff and you sell it and you sell it to your distributors or directly, however you got your business set up and you have a lot of money tied up in that. And so the cash flow for those two businesses were totally opposite. So there was a lot of upfront costs to start physics. And we had this crazy dude we were working with that, um, crazy in a good way and crazy in a bad way, right? Like Mm -hmm. he's an inventor. He kind of came up with the basic idea of how that suspension system worked. And early on I was working with him on that. And like his version that before I got involved with it, you just like ride off a curb and the wheels would go and stop on the bottom of your boot and you just wipe out, you know, because there was no suspension control. And I helped him develop like the way the rock arms smack against the stop lip inside there, kind of like how scissors work in a way. Mm Mm-hmm and dialing in the urethanes and the shape and the design and all that. But he was kind of, he was very difficult to deal with. And right when we went to the market, he's like kind of started freaking out about his contract that he'd signed. He didn't really understand it. So he was a pain in the ass and we started fighting a lot about all kinds of stuff, putting the contract that he didn't understand. And then the other thing that was crazy is we were making them in California and then that was costing us a ton. So to make money and compete against like ground control, he was selling like $50 frames or like $45 frames. It was costing us that much for us to make suspension frames. The the ones with the aluminum arms or the ones with the plastic arms? Aluminum arms. So it was like $65 our cost to make a pair, which, you know, (laughs) so you had to to sell them technically for like, I don't know, $180 to really make the margin that you need to make. So then we're like, all right, well, we got to make them cheaper. We can go down to Mexico and make just give me a second. There's an helicopter landing close to my house. (laughs) It's so good. (laughs) So we went to, we switched manufacturers with some kid down in Southern California. His dad was a rich dude and that made like packaging for all kinds of big companies. And they're like, he contacted us and was like, yeah, we can make these way cheaper. I got this big facility in Mexico and we can cut your costs by like 35%. So we're like, all right, let's do it. And so we sent our molds down there and we put our purchase order in and it, our stuff didn't come for like seven months. And we had a full team and ads we were running and, you know, warehouse space. And was the whole and team getting like, paid back then? Yeah. Yeah. We were paying for all this stuff, you know? And then, um, Finally, when the frames came, they were like watermelon pink, which was not going to sell at the time. They're supposed to be red. And so it just physics really screwed up skate pile. And then at the same time, while that was going on, things like Yahoo platforms came on for online shops and you could buy like already built online shop platforms mm-hmm. where we had a custom setup, you know, that was more expensive to run. So guys like aggressive mall came on had way way lower overheads they weren't trying to run a frame company and they were able to come in and basically do our exact model like sponsor cool teams have webzines and there were several other guys at the same time that came on so suddenly it went from like two competitors to like six in a year and a half plus the physics drama and it just and the sport was slowing down so did you end up losing that, money with skatepile would you um our investors lost money, but we were able to pay all of our vendors. So everyone that supplies you frames and skates and wheels, we were able to pay everybody back and just sell it. We sold it to Roller Warehouse in the end. Like and we what, what like about Epoch Frames? So Epoch Frames, yeah, man. So that was like after physics, 
I've always messed with skate design stuff and frames. You know, mm-hmm. I just do that like on the weekends. And so I had the design for an aluminum frame with like a cap structure that would go over it. So the frame would be real strong and all you got to do is replace this. Yeah, probably because cap. like the physics, some of the problems with the physics, at least that I had was like they used to, they started breaking after a while, right? Especially because yeah, back yeah. then with me, I'm not complaining about the frame. I think it was me because I used to skate them with anti-rocker or two wheels only so yeah and they, they weren't really meant for that but yeah certainly the whole i thought a lot about frames dude because of physics and everything and uh, i just like that and so the epic frame design just came about and there was a machine shop down the street and I, was, i made this prototype frame but i was broke because skate pile was basically ending and i just had isabella my first child and like life was getting pretty real and i was in debt And I was like, man, what am I going to do? And then Kevin and Scott Racer were two local rippers. Mm-hmm. I remember both of them. Skate pile. And they're like, hey, dude, we just inherited money. Um, and they're like, we'll help you make this frame. Let's start a frame company. I'm like, awesome. I was like, I, I know how to run businesses and make stuff. And you guys have the money and you're ripping skaters. Let's do this. And so the whole relationship started. And um, I was like, okay, so I'm going to run the business side. I think you guys are going to skate. And I'm like, sweet. That sounds great. And then right before we started, like, you know, making a deal, we had a contract and, you know, all that stuff. And I sold and, well, let's see how it goes. So right as we were about to start, um, they just started getting all, like, in the business about, like, how to run the business and had these crazy ideas that didn't make sense because dudes had never even had a job, you know. Yeah. And, um, They're like, well, we gave the money, so we want to control the business now. And, and I'm like, nah, dude, that's not how our contract and our agreement was, was, you know, like, that's not how it's going to go. I was like, I'd rather just sell you guys the idea if you want to run this business. I'm not going to argue with you guys. You have no business experience at all. You're ripping skaters, but like, I'm not running a business with people who don't understand business because you're Because yeah, in the crazy. end, it would be your name in it. So, yeah. So they're like, okay, we'll buy the frame design from you for 20 grand. I'm like, sweet let's do this I mean, I'm grand and i'm broke this is great i got a million frame ideas this is one you know that i've got in my head so like okay boom so they wrote me a check for 10 grand and then um a year later they were supposed to write a check for another 10 grand when the frames came to market and they never they never got it together to make the frames come out they made they made a prototype that that was it man and they never finished the job and they kind of They just disappeared, dude, literally. Yeah, no one knows about it. I remember they used to be amps for USD, but then I stopped seeing them. Yeah, they literally, like, when it came to pay me my other 10 grand, they were like, oh, we're going to disappear. And they, they literally, like, disappeared. Dude. But they were really good. Of... When those hurricane grinds really came good. out, like, sliding on one foot, spinning like Robert wow. Levanus came out, they were, like, the kings of that. They were super sick. And I, it was just sort of a strange thing, man, like, One day, Scott Racer showed up. He's like, we want to run the business because my dad said we should run the business. We gave the money. And I'm like, nope. And so that right then I was like, I'm not, I've been down this road before. So I got out of it, man. And, uh, you know, just the lawyer fees to get my other 10 grand would have probably cost me $10,000. And I was mm-hmm. like, whatever. It was easier that way. Design. I'm out. And I was so busy trying to figure out what I was going to do with my life after skate pile because... All I'd known is skating up to that point, and I had, at that point, my son was born, I had a mortgage, you know, and, like, I owed, like, 
25 grand on credit cards from skate pile and i was screwed so i went and interviewed with ford to sell like trucks in atlanta and at the same time i was like man i would it would be such a shame all i've learned from skating and skate pile and k2 and everything to just go work for ford selling trucks so i contacted k2 contacted Bullerblade, and i was like look i know you guys need my help you guys are making weird decisions in skate skates and marketing let me come in and help you guys i sold your products and like yeah man you sold our stuff really well um and then i interviewed with them once up in new jersey and that went well and then they were like look we're a distributor for our, we're owned by an italian family you got to come to italy to our international sales meeting and give the same pitch to them and if that goes well you know maybe we got a job for you and so i flew over there dude i wore a business suit <laughs> you know like the full <laughs> deal met the owners and the managers and um I had a good meeting over there and then I got back from that and a couple of weeks later they're like, look, we want to hire you to come on as our aggressive skate manager. We want to design an aggressive skate uh, from the ground up. Um, was that the solo awesome. skate? That was, but obviously the solo skate wasn't from the ground up, a new skate. In the mm -hmm. end, which was a bit, you know, I was a little frustrated with that, but from a business standpoint, I understood. So was it your idea to come out with the bigger wheels? I remember that was the first skate to come out with 72 wheels, right? No, actually there was a there was a what was it? A TRS detail, I guess. Mm -hmm. That came out so that first like you know, skin wrap thing that is actually Ezekiel designed that style boot, but Bruno Lowe designed that switch frame with the big wheels. Okay. And so that came out first on the new jack or i think it was called the team skate or something i forget okay. i thought it, i thought it came on the on the soul on the first solo but maybe you're right but it, it did it did come on the first solo too um but the thing that was a bummer and a miss is that we just got bad wheels on those skates when they came out mm -hmm. i remember so people, i started skating for you for um, for rollerblade portugal and that was like i don't even know it was when the first solo came out maybe no, yeah. it was when the first TRS came out. It was before that. When the TRS came out and they gave me the skates and I remember the wheels. They didn't last, not even one session. It yeah, was just... and they, would, they rolled slower than like a Eulogy 57. You know what I mean? So <laughs> it was a bummer because people got them. They're all like, this is going to be dope. And it was slow. So it was sort of a, it was a rough situation with that, you know, and And then when I came on to design the solo skate, um, you know, the street category was rough and there was kind of limited investment to do something new. So I was all excited to do something from the ground up brand new because I was like coming from K2 and the fatties. I had a lot of ideas on how to make like the illest skate ever. Yeah. And it was and, your first opportunity to make a hard boot skate, right? Coming yeah, from. <laughs> yeah. Which, which was cool because hard boot skates offer a lot of support. Really good things about that. And so in the end, we, we were the design like parameters where we need to make an urban sort of fitness looking skate and a street skate. And, you know, with those kind of parameters, I think we did a good job, you know, but it's kind of like a, you know, an enduro motorcycle. They're not amazing for going to the motocross track and it's not amazing for going on the street. It was an awesome skate to do both things, you know what I mean? Like, you could switch the frame out. It was mm -hmm. kind of the first skate that had the K2 
capability to put 80 millimeter UFS frames on and then go grinding. And so the skates worked really good. You know what I mean? It's, it's, uh, I really like the boot. The only thing that I felt is when every time I used to, when I wanted to grind the, the sole plates over the boot would make it too thick. So you wouldn't, it would be really good for grinding, but at the same time, you wouldn't have that much sensitivity. You wouldn't feel the grind as much like a backslide or a torque would be really easy because it was super hard on the sides. Yeah. But at the same time, you wouldn't feel it as much if that makes sense and i also remember that yeah. the plates i don't know about now because i haven't skated the skates in a while but i remember i used i did break a few sole plates but i think that was changed with time so yeah we had that issue you know and so that was the first like two years that sole plates were cracking and so then we finally got the right material and plastic and they didn't so like we dialed in all these little issues and the skate that we make now is but that happens with every brand i think so yeah it does man i mean people don't understand like there's a lot that goes into making but it, it, a that lot. happens because in my opinion that happens because brands try something new if you keep doing the same for 20 years like after a few years you get <laughs> you get the the solution for it so that doesn't happen anymore but then yeah. this, the skates also need to progress in my opinion so that yeah, that only happens because of the progression so yeah i mean rollerblade it's cool like we've we've tried some crazy stuff dude and that's what i was going to ask you now about your experiences the warlock what is that explain me like the whole thing so blank is you know blank obviously we've made some liners and frames and then what was the main was the first idea to make just a a liner brand because from what i thought blank was a a hard soul liner brand that's what i always thought that was that was my idea of the concept of blank initially it was just going to be liners and then um the opportunity came up to do a new frame so we made a frame too and then it was like all right cool well, maybe we can do a whole skate you know and there was a different product international product manager at rollerblade than there is now and he was he was into it he was like all right we'll slowly build all the components to make a blank aggressive skate and um he left to go work for the international ice federation and so in between that time, you know, like when you have big bosses internationally change, it's like a new dude comes in, he's got to get up to speed and there's all these other things and skate company. And it just wasn't a major priority because street skating is such a smaller cat, like part of the whole big yes. picture. There's not the same income it, coming that, from speed skate, from yeah. aggressive skating. So it never, it never materialized into making a full skate. Um, so time's gone on and obviously I got a lot of ideas still. And I was like, man, I wanted to try this concept. And my boss here in the U S gave me some money to, to make this concept skate with Kyle Sola. who's a really rad skater from New York. Plus he's an incredible 3d designer. Um, and so Kyle and I for years have always like, we would nerd out whenever we saw each other, like, what about this idea? And for how long have you been doing that project? Um, that went on for like a year and a half. We kind okay. of messed around. With so let, let me just explain for the people listening to this who don't know what we're talking about. So this year at yeah. the Winter Clash, you, who else was skating this skate? Was it just you? Uh, it was just me and Kyle and then a bunch of okay. other skaters tried it. Yeah, there was a few people with a skate that looked kind of different from everything else. So you might need to just Google it, the Warlock. Yeah, if you go to... Blank rolling product on Instagram. You can see the 
skate there. But so really, it was just a as a concept skate, like you know how Lexus makes concept cars that aren't ever going to come out. So it was really to test some ideas, and we learned a lot from it. And, um, you know, like if I was to make a skate, like if we were going to do a skate and do a whole thing, it'd probably be a lot different than that because I learned a lot of stuff from it. But um, you know, there were some cool aspects to it. I wanted to see what it'd be like to build a skate around the liner that was like super easy to get on and off, but be supportive and really lightweight. And it did all that, you know, but. And did it work really good? It worked really good. Um, I wasn't 100% stoked on how I had the, the groove of the frame, you know, after really skating. That's, that was something it. I was going to ask you too. So you told me before, a few minutes ago, that you had ideas yeah. for a physics too. Why didn't if you had the, if you could make the whole concept skate? Why didn't you put a physics two frame on it? You know that's a good question, man. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know. I guess part of me for that I'm holding close because you still want it to be your thing and not for anyone else. Is that it? Well, not not really that. It's just you know when you go out and you skate something in public, knowing that it's a concept thing that another skate company. Could oh dang and they can steal it I mean okay that makes sense get, once you reveal it it's like there it is no man like, that happens to a lot of things I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you an example I usually don't don't talk about negative things on this but so a few weeks ago uh, no a few months ago Richie Osler posted a picture of some 125 skates and he painted the frame so it looked like the wheels were going over the frame have you seen those pictures Okay, he had like two setups like that, something like that. But PowerSlot never thought it was cool to make anything with it. So what happened was that Roches is now, uh, now they released a model. Like a, I think it's a 125 or, or 110. Have you seen that skate? Yeah, yeah they I released have, it. Yeah. And I posted on like on my Facebook. But as a, as a funny thing, like, man, I wasn't trying to offend anyone. I posted a picture, like two pictures. One picture of the Richie Eisler setup and the other picture of the Rochi skate and I just posted with the and I wrote the text on top spot the differences so what happened was like last week I contacted someone I'm not gonna say the name from Rochi's asking if they wanted to make this interview and they yeah. told me they wouldn't because I would be I was bad mouthing a brand I was right. like man I'm not trying to <laughs> to get anyone dude, skater, skaters and, and like business dudes are different man <laughs> it's, just, just, it's just reality yeah but still I mean? like it's like if we keep fighting against each other instead of all supporting each other this sport will never go anywhere and when i, I mean agree. this sport I mean, i'm not talking about aggressive skating speed skating whatever it's a it, it's all skates you know it's just for me yeah, that's all, all skates it doesn't matter and that's something yeah, that over the last few years it's it became like really clear to me that we all love the same. It doesn't matter if I'm talking to Tony Muse or to Bart Swings or to whoever, Neil Jansen. We all love skating and I think that's the most important thing and we all need to go for the same. So yeah, I agree. I mean, the Epic Frame Design, uh, I'm not naming, naming names or companies either, but there was another frame company that came out with a thing almost exactly like it. Yeah, I know, but we can. Yeah, I know that, and the, uh, that's the Kaiser El, the Kaiser Elements frame, and, and that, yeah. those things happens because are really good. There are really really good ideas that no one is doing, and then if there if there's brands that are 
interested in investing on it and trying and testing it. And I think that's why I said like Roches did it. It was a nice design. It was a nice idea. So why not doing it? And I know. And I, I mean, I have the, had the design patented. I'm not, I wasn't about to like make some lawsuit thing and just like a big, you know what I mean? I was just like, it's like you just said, it's skating. The idea was put out there. It didn't come to market. So someone else is like, that's a rad idea. I mean, that's just, that's just making stuff, man. You know, and if you put it out there, and you're not ready to back it up and do something about it, then someone yeah, else. That's the thing. That's yeah, that's why probably you put it. You posted a picture of the epoch frames maybe too early, like you said. You didn't uh, want to do with the physics too. Probably that was yeah. the thing. And I, so I learned my lesson. So <laughs> I'm now, you know, I was young and just like you get hyped. I want to show people I'm doing rad stuff and I'm relevant. Yeah, but at the same time, you want the feedback because the feedback is what's going to make you yeah. know oh, if you're yeah. going to I sell mean, it or not. <laughs> but I learned, I learned my lessons from a few of those things. And that's, I've just been sitting here marinating with so many ideas on... So really one, cool one question from someone who's been <laughs> making skates, like a drawing skate or designing skates, whatever you want to call it, for these long... What do you think of the whole big wheels thing right now? I I don't talk I'm not talking about like 72s or anything like that. I'm talking about like three wheel skates or even four wheel 100 millimeters or 90 or whatever you want. Like it's old. awesome. You know, it's awesome because it uh you know, you cruise on those skates and people are like what is that? So there's the wow factor of it. Yeah, that's, that's important. Like, that's what, every single that's time and that's why the color on the wheels and all those things make a difference yeah. too. And you know and you know this, man. I mean, you skate everything from quads and grass skates to three wheels. Like, there's an application. It's like skis. Like, there's a ton of different types of skis, you know? So, I think three wheels has its purpose. Like, it feels different and it's fun to cruise on and it turns and you can, like, carve differently. But, you know, like Gabe Holm, one of my guys I've Yeah, he's an amazing Boston. downhill skater, huh? Yeah, dude, and he rides five wheels. I know, yeah. and I was going to tell you something about that guy. Wheels. You need yeah. to get that guy filming something because I know that Don't he worry. is freaking amazing, but we didn't saw anything from him. Give him a couple days is all I got to say. <laughs> I just saw you edited it. Too. Yeah. So, um, you know, there's, there's, you know, three wheels rides differently, and there's a feeling of when you ride four by one tens over a rough surface, when you ride four wheels, it displaces the vibrations differently, and Some people argue that feels better in short track guys. Some will argue that four by one ten is better in a short track. And then another guy may say three by, you know, one twenty five is better. For yeah, a short and track. then it's also the grip, which is different. Of course, if it's three wheels, Probably. if you're going like on a really short track, some people say that there's lo there's less grip. But then in yeah. the end, you, if you look at the results, like on the indoor championships in, in the USA, they get I don't know why. I don't know how to explain it, but I know that they get better times and they do better results with the three wheels on the short track, which it doesn't make sense somehow because it doesn't have the same amount of grip. So <laughs> I don't know. Like, but it's like I don't know, man. It's like where's the limit? It's cool to it's just cool to play with all these different things, and it keeps the sport interesting. You know, I mean, it's like I saw you starting to ride quad skates in the skate park, and I was like. Yes, man, because Brian Wainwright, one of my good friends, when I worked at K2, I made this crazy H-block thing, and they took pictures of it, and I don't know what they ever did with it. Like, I would make things in the lab there, and like every once in a while, the guys would like, take pictures, and I'm sure they would go look to try and patent things. This was a long time ago, but like we made quad skates, and me and DJ Campbell, and like 
we started skating. Did K2 had roller skates? No, they never made anything, but we messed around with it. Yeah, that was... Yeah, I rem- I remember <laughs> Brian Wainwright. Of course, is like he's still one yeah. of. I don't think there was anyone ever that good. So maybe uh, Rene Ogren was as not as good, but like a different Brian's, level, a different type of good, good. <laughs> really good too. Yeah, it's crazy. And so like just hanging out with him, that got my mind going on that, and like I started making sketches for aggressive roller skate stuff, and I still have that stuff. But again, it's just like. You know, it's never found its home. And then I saw that you, you got the opportunity with Octo, and I was like, this is sick. Someone's doing this stuff right now. <laughs> That's cool. Roller that... skating features different, man. It's, it's really fast in a skate park. The turning's different. Um, again, it's just, it's like three wheels or five wheels. Like yeah, that. it's a different it's thing. A... And that's why I awesome. love to skate all these different things. It just feels different. That's it. Yeah, it's, I love it all. W- one question. Did you make, did you make the skate, the roller skate with white trucks or with, uh, Skinny trucks. They were whatever Brian was riding at the time. Yeah, that was like fat, that like white trucks. I remember he used like skateboarding trucks. Because like we just yeah. came out with a skate, and the skate that we came out, the new one, which is not out yet, it'll be out in a few weeks, has like skinny trucks. And for some people, they're still like, no, if you don't have white trucks, you can't grind. You can. It's just. I think white trucks are worse for grinding. So like. As you feel like when you go to do the tricks we want to do as inline skaters on quads, like the, the skate, like, yeah, you get stuck. Over so far. Yeah, you yeah, get stuck, and at the same the time, time, you used to have like a little base, like a sole or a negative, like really tiny base. If you have a white truck, you're gonna be sliding from one side to the other of the truck. But it's something that get you, you get used to it. But, but it's I was just curiosity like, asking like about Ryan, it. Ryan rides spider, so. It's totally different than how you and I would. Approach. I know, man. It's amazing. Like so they they call it side stance or whatever, but yeah. it's just. I think it was one of the I first ones to do McTwist, if I'm not wrong. Yeah, I think so. Fred Blood and him, like yeah. I don't know who came first. Fred Blood was anyway. the first one to do the McTwist, and then there's this guy, uh, Duke, Duke Rennie. He was the first one to do inverts way before skateboarders. But yeah, roller <laughs> skating. If you ask. Like Steve Cavallaro or Lance Mountain or Hawk, I mean, those dudes, like, they'll tell you, like, those, like, Fred Blood, they influenced what they were doing on skateboards. You know, mm-hmm. it's not, Man. it's not spoken about much, but, I'll, you know, those dudes, now they're older and their egos aren't big, they'll admit, like, dude, those guys were, they were doing next level stuff on roller skates back in the day. Have you ever been to the, to the Vans, um, main offices in California? I've been to the Huntington Indoor Skate Park place. No, oh, not wow. that one. They have like the main offices. It's it's, it's not in any shopping or anything like that in a shopping mall. It's just like their main offices. Inside their offices, they have like a little gallery with all their main products. And one of the first products that you see there are the Vans roller skates. They still have it there. That's it. <laughs> That's it. I sold I I sold some drawings, some stuff to Vans when I was in art school, and I I don't know what ever happened to it. Yeah, they bought they bought some graphic design stuff I did of some of my art, which was for shoes. Pretty cool. Was it for shoes? No, like they were going to use it for like t-shirt graphics and stuff. That's but cool. It never, I never saw it come out of me. I got paid for you, it. You know, team, team, like from black from blackjack, blackjack project. Yeah, 
Okay, so Tim, he had like um, Tim Robert. He, I think it was like last year or two years ago, he did like an European tour with Vans, just customizing shoes. Sick. It was like, I don't know. It was just a big thing. I think he did it. I don't know if he did it one year or he did it two years in a row. They just went through uh, skateboard shops in Europe and stuff like that, just customizing shoes. It's, our culture is rad. I mean, there's so many dudes that are in pop culture now doing amazing stuff and i think that's what it takes for our little like if you're looking if you call it aggressive skating or even the whole sport of inline skating it's like you gotta have we came from nothing dude i mean we showed up the x games and like chris edwards was the oldest dude and like aaron feinberg was the best guy and he was like 14 so like <laughs> there was no history and then and we show up and there's dudes like tony hawk and matt hoffman and they've been in way before we showed up so our our culture is just now developing you got like brian smith is a famous photographer in i LA. know in hollywood <laughs> you know and and there's brian kanowski there's freaking there's plenty of artists dude there's matt andrews and you know there's a lot of dudes that are super sick with what they're doing outside of the sport that it's how our sport will get the credibility in the, in the real world i think you know and that's happening which i'm excited about. yeah it's just that a shame that some happening. people that some people that used to be a lot into skating and then when somehow they got famous they just somehow act like they they never did it yeah it's because it's not cool man <laughs> it's not cool yeah, if you I don't want it cool. to you know what i mean yeah i think it's cool but like dude the reality is the sport is I mean it's hard like people get on skates and it's harder we, t we were just talking about this in this brand exercise in London in New York it's like you get on skates like if I got a couple pro skiers which I did recently on skates and they can skate around but when it comes to an incline to slow down that's where things get sketchy like if you don't understand how to carve and use your brakes and all this stuff like it's not easy to hop on skates and look cool. Yes, I know what you mean. Where you can get on a skateboard and you learn to push around and you're turning and that, or even roller skates. It's like, there's so much more to balance on. So yeah. your style automatically looks yeah, better. You, you don't need to think about um, putting your ankle in the right position and not leaning inside or outside and all that stuff. I mean, even someone that's good at skating that comes across bumps in the road, all of a sudden you're like, whoa. And you, and you can I can give you a better example. Even some aggressive skaters shouldn't be free skating. <laughs> I, I, I remember I'm like Matt Mans. He was just so good. He had like this... I don't know how to explain, but I remember the way that Matt Mans used to skate. Anti-rocker skates weren't really made for him. So the skates wouldn't turn every time that he used to push. I don't know if anyone else anyone else remembers that. So he had to always lift the front wheels and kind of like keep the back wheel in the floor and just do like a little front spin with the back wheel in the floor and just lifting the front wheel so that the foot would go to the right position so that he could push into the right stride. Because it was I think, dude, I think I think anti rocker skating and small wheels ruined the sport. Like after looking back on it this long, like. It did because yeah, it make you it make you look and, awkward. <laughs> yeah, when I first started, we would ride we rode seventy millimeter fat boy wheels on TRS skates, and we'd go to Atlanta. We'd park on one side of the city, 
and we would session all the way to the other side, up and down hills and over crappy terrain, and we could still do our grinds, and we could haul ass and wall ride and stair ride, and the sport was super fast-paced. And then when it, when roller grinding happened, like... <laughs> That's a good name, roller grinding. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we would just go to the ledge or the rail. Yeah, it is, man. Like, escape man, more blocks just think about as so, just think of it like as someone who doesn't skate. You're just crossing, you're just walking down a street and there's these guys that just come down the street and skate from one side to the other. That's cool. These guys are just moving around and having fun. Then there's this other group of people just sitting five or ten meters from that bench and they're like waiting in a line, one at a time, do like four or five steps and then they roll and then jump to the bench and then they go back to the line and they do that. I don't, man, I'm, I don't want to yeah, talk bad know. stuff about myself because I did it myself. But if I think about it, for someone who's not skating, it looks kind of weird. So, yeah, it does. Like, you can't even see the wheels. And, I mean, I, I like to go grind and stuff. Man. It's, I love it. But I, <laughs> I think the, the coolest thing is, like, I don't know, there, there's some cool frame designs that are out right now that it's, are kind of addressing that issue, you know, where you can grind and you can roll pretty good. I've seen those Oishi, oh, is it Oishi frames? Is that how you say yeah. it? I think how you say it is Wish. Oh, I, 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 don't know. I think. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Maybe, maybe that's the way to say it's it. Like totally. Shadow. Or yeah. What, how is that word? But yeah. yeah, it's um, that kind of stuff important because it's bringing those worlds together. Like Richie Eisler's pro skate was awesome. I was like, okay, sick. I, I suck at grinding on that skate. So I, I try, I try. And yeah. Try but you it. buy a skate with 72s flat, right? Yeah. I bought Richie's skate and like tried it. And I was like, man, I'm not as good as Richie is. You Which ones? I mean? you, like, you got the carbon freeze or the, no, I got the 72. Yeah. I tried yeah. And it was like, I mean, I could do tricks on it, but I wasn't about to show. I've seen, I don't know who was it. I don't know. I've I read some interview of someone who actually said something which is quite smart, which is when a kid goes to a shop, usually, you know it, you have a shop. I have my little shop, which is nothing like close to what Skate Pal is or was. But the yeah. thing is, someone goes to the shop and usually they look at the skates and if they see a pro skate that's what they would want to not everyone has the money for a pro skate but even if nowadays some yeah. pro skates are a little bit cheaper but that's the one they would want to but then usually a pro skate comes with smaller wheels and it's not really like um, a comfortable ride or like not an enjoyable skate for someone who doesn't skate or who's starting so if you get like a if you buy a pro skate that you put the skate on and ride out of the box skates like super smooth and like you feel like you can skate that's amazing, and that's why I think it was a really is, good yeah. idea. I think the Dustin Werbeski shadow was also seventy twos. Yeah, hopefully are, in the future they'll cool have a more. Things to do, man. I mean, God, I would love to see Frankie Morales skate on like eighty millimeters flat setup. Like, what planet could that dude go to? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think he has just, a seven. Like, he has a sixty-eight wheel now. I haven't seen yeah, him skating that wheel. Rocker, yeah. Does he? Does he skate Andy Rocker? Yeah. yeah. Okay. But he's ridiculous. I mean, I'm not. He's like one of the best skaters ever. But I know. It's like Greg, Mir Greg Mirzan and I had this conversation a few years ago. And I was like, he kind of stopped grinding, you know? And I was like, why did you stop grinding? He's like, you know, because there's so many things that haven't been done just rolling yet. Man, like, Man he's right, you know? Like, for, for how long do you know Greg? I've known Greg like five, 
five years or something like that. Uh, Greg, like the yeah. first time I've ever met Greg. I met Gre the first time there was an ASA. Uh, he can grind. Don't I know. Cool. That's what I was going to tell. Like the yeah. ASA amateur, like like a qualifiers for the ASA pro or something like that in Europe was my first time ever leaving Portugal to go for an aggressive skate event. So I went to Paris for roller, to Roller Park Avenue and I got there two days before the event. And the two days before the event, I went to the skate park and Greg was the first guy that I've met there. And like, since then, like, I remember Greg was like, back then he was so much more stylish than anyone else. He's like, is proper good when it comes to grinding like full cab value porn star easy and i mean i told him you know he's french so his ego doesn't need any more boosting but i told him i was like dude you're probably the best all-around skater i've ever skated with yeah, <laughs> he is like, seriously amazing there was one cool. guy do you remember neilman oh yeah neilman neilman i think neilman was the first real free skater Seriously, I don't remember of anyone else who used to free skate like Neoman. Neoman in 99? No, sorry, 2001. At the yeah, fees. I mean, also, like, insane. Like, there's this whole, like, the French dudes are always insane. Yeah, but Neoman in 2001, man. All, I just got all the hype, but there were some dudes that were so sick. Yeah, I know. So Neoman in 2001 fees in Montpellier. Everyone else was skating with aggressive skates, and he did his final runs on, on some, on some free skates. I, not even free skates back then; they were fitness skates. And I don't even know what skates were. I remember that he used to skate for USD back then. He might have been using some Salomons or pff, I don't even know, maybe some rollerblades. But he was like grinding rails. He was just doing wall rides bigger than anyone, doing airs bigger than anyone, because he was just using bigger wheels. I think it was the yeah. first time that I've ever known of anyone just using skates like that on an aggressive skate contest. And nowadays, you look at that fees contest, I don't know if you saw it last week, and everyone was skating like 72s, 80s, and stuff like that. Because you have to on those courses. I was talking to Sven before he went there. I was like, dude, you know, let me modify your frames and like put some big wheels on the end for 80. Because I've got, Sven got I've third or something like that, didn't he? Yeah, totally. He killed it. Ben's back, dude. Yeah, is I'm he back like, in competition? Yeah, I was like, why did you ever say you're retired? <laughs> Man, Sven is amazing. He's so good. Yeah, and he's he's back. He's going to compete, you know, so he's back. He's going to destroy people. He's a contest machine. We used to make fun of Sven back in the day a lot because he would, like, show up with white pants on and, like, he didn't ever want to hang out after the contest and stuff. I told him this, dude, a few years ago when we were in Amsterdam on the tour. Man, we used to make fun of you a lot. Like, <laughs> you would kick our ass in the contest and you just disappear and go back to the ring and watch movies and talk about that. He's so good. How loyal can you be to a brand? Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. In, I, I, I never saw him saw skate with any other skate. And I remember some Portuguese guys that went to the first Bercy contest telling me about Sven doing true spin fish brands back in maybe 99, something like that. Just perfect true spin fish brands on rails. That's what <laughs> skaters got to understand. Like, you know, you from a perspective from the outside, like, of course, Rollerblade at one point had the craziest team ever. And then aggressive skating just like wiped out as far as sales go. And, that was before I got there, but like Farmer and Bosco and all these guys used to skate for Rollerblade and they were getting paid crazy amount of money. Like 
for a pro skater back in then. It just wasn't sustainable. And the brand probably shouldn't have let everyone go, but didn't know what to do because Ezekwe had left. And so they were just like, we don't have someone in charge of this program, so we can't afford to keep paying all these guys all this money, so we're going to start over in a couple of years. And so they let everybody go. But like Sven stayed on board and... Um, you know, certain dudes just kind of got. He, stuck he with became it. he became team manager, didn't he, for a while? Yeah, he did for a while. Is yeah. he still team manager, or it's you, the team, or you? Yeah, he. No, I mean, I guess call me team manager, but like the guys I have involved these days, they don't really need a lot of management. Like my wife buys the flights and hotels and stuff for the riders in the U.S., and then Sven manages all the European kind of other international dudes, um, but. Most of the guys we got on board now, it's like you can send them to an event. You don't have to go with them. You know they're going to do their jobs. So it's not like yeah, you know, you know what I'm saying. When I mean team manager is someone yeah. that like is in charge of, like you wouldn't get like the main guy from Rollerblade telling them that they need to have the content or they need to send you something for Instagram or whatever. There no, needs yeah, to be like be... someone in the middle, and that's what I mean by like doing that management because times change. Like a few years ago, would only be like. If you, if your team would go to a competition, you'd need to be there, kind of like you would see in the Hollywood movies. Nowadays, everything is different, man. There's internet. There's that's what we're doing right now. It's Skype. <laughs> man, I wish it was like how it is now. Back when I was trying to be pro skater, because like you can you can explain like the whole mushroom blading thing. Like mushroom, Andy Cruz and I came up with that term so long ago, and like doing weird stuff like Do you that. You used to call it mushroom blading too. Mushroom blading was yeah we invented the name like is it doing I didn't know that that's cool yeah dude <laughs> yeah mushroom blading is the term just because so it came Andy Cruz lived in Missoula Montana which is like super hippie place right and like lots of hippies do a lot of mushrooms smoke a lot of grass a lot and like he was doing a lot of weird just stuff that wasn't real big skating because like mm -hmm. that sort of got boring like just watching people do handrails and switch ups like that got boring to us a long time ago so like <clears throat> skating real steep obstacles and doing weird slides and stalls that was what we called mushroom blading you know and that term got out there and the dudes from Canada took it to a whole nother level which is awesome like I love that what they're doing that's amazing But, um, mushroom blading was that term was coined in Missoula Montana <laughs> I think my friend Sean Lewis who's not even a skater came up Term. yeah but now that i think of like andy cruz was always like on a whole different level of creativity yeah. i remember like man he went to <laughs> to bercy and when everyone was just grinding it was like <laughs> i don't even remember was fakey it one foot down, fakey rolling or something like that yeah one foot fakey rolling <laughs> and the thing like for most of the people who've never been there yes the ledges are super fat that would yeah. you would think that it's easy but the thing is Yes, they are fat, but it's full of wax. It just doesn't make any sense to do what he did there. Like, it just so doesn't. <laughs> and he did it like in typical Andy fashion after the contest was over. You know, like he didn't he didn't have the nerve to like do it in front of everybody. So like after everyone left, he's like, "All right, I'm doing it." You know, like, <laughs> you think he was scared of being judged because he had like a different type of skate from skating from anyone else from everyone else? No, Andy didn't ever care. Dude, he, he was nuts. Like, I remember we went out to California to the Miss tour, and like, you know what a hippie skirt is? Like the long skirts that sometimes hippie dudes will wear. You mm -hmm. know? So he showed up in Cali with that, and I was embarrassed to be his friend. I was like, 
you doing? And he had like one of those Sam <laughs> hats on, like hippie hats that are like all were hand woven. And like back then, dude, that was pushing it. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, you don't wear that. You're gonna like people are gonna think you're whack, you know? He just didn't care, and that's what made him so much cooler than everybody because he just did him. And even with his skating, he was just like, I don't care, you know. Like, and he was lucky because I was a team manager dude at K2, so I always fought for his check every year because none of us ever won a contest, you know what I mean? But it was like... Yeah, but nowadays, was, I keep saying to him, what's your opinion? That's the question that I want to... What is it? What's your opinion about competition for you nowadays? Like People forget who got who won the contest. Yeah, it's just like, especially right now, like in Europe. It's like in three weeks, there were like three big events. So, you know what? You're like in Europe for a few days. If you're if it's in a contest like fees, there's even like four or five different events in the same day. You're in Europe for a few hours. We don't even know who won the fees now. We don't. We know because it was the same guy who won everything. <laughs> Contests are important in this fashion. They get on TV and they get the random little kid that could be a scooter rider or never seen anything like, like psych on it. But I think that's where it ends. <laughs> What's Contests, your opinion about? You know, Skating's not meant to be judged, and I was a ju head judge for ASA for years, but like, skating's not meant to be judged, man. It's a freaking, it's for lunatics. Okay, you know so I mean? the thing is, like, <laughs> man, I love Jojo. Jojo Jacoby, he's been doing like yeah. a freaking amazing work with, with Winter Clash, but what do you think about Winter Clash? I think Winter Clash is awesome, man, because it, again, it, it it's like this big gathering of people and for whatever reason contests draw everyone together and they get people to skate and it shows like I don't know there's something about little kids that and parents where it's like Bobby needs to be on the baseball team or he, he should be in skate contest because then we can quantify his progress and you know what I mean like that's what contests do in a way yeah, but I, I do love there's like, a way for Winter Clash to be just like a skating festival for the weekend mm-hmm My question is, if as a father, would you take your kid to the Winter Clash? Like if he's Gosh. starting to skate or... Gosh. So TJ's 10 and Bella's 13. My kids skate. And I would take Bella to the Winter Clash because she's old enough and gets it now, you know? Um, exactly. That's what I think too. It's I just like... What? It, it's a sketchy line because we were in Cali um, last year and... I hollered at a couple of my friends that my kids had seen on videos. I'm not naming names, and these dudes aren't bad guys for what happened, but, like, we went to the skate park, and um, they were super juiced to skate with these dudes, and two of the guys rolled up with joints in their ears, and, like, it's like, come on, dude, you know? And then they, like, sat sort of stealth in their cars right next to the skate park, proceeded to blaze and <laughs> you know and then and my kids are like wow like those dudes are smoking in the car they thought they were smoking cigarettes I'm like yeah you know some people smoke and then they got out on the course and they're sitting there talking together and my son just wanted to like skate with them you know? like literally he's like standing near them trying to do tricks and they'd be like yeah sick you know and they were like not really engaging with him at all and picking up on the vibe that this little kid wanted to skate with them And then these dudes sat there on the ledge and started talking next to my wife and my daughter. They're like, yeah, I'm fucking bitches. And like saying all this just stuff, <laughs> man. And it's like, 
I, you I feel kind of embarrassed session. for being yeah, i know dude, what you mean I, my kids were totally let down their whole objective to show up at that session was to get autographs and skate and like throw down with these dudes and i left so frustrated that night and uh, i was just like shame like, man where's our sport gone like you know we partied like crazy and did our thing but it was like we did that at the hotel away from the skate course. And when we went to the skate park to do a demo, we did our job. You know what? And we left and we partied at our hotel. You know, like, but back then, how, like, back then, marketing-wise, like, think about it. Back then, marketing-wise, wouldn't be cool if if your team skater wouldn't be would be like smoking weed or whatever. Nowadays, it's some of the brands they make their marketing around that stuff. Yeah, which is, and I think that's a bad idea yeah it, me too it's just because it's like skateboarding like if you look at skateboarding you got like i hate to say it, tony hawk or whatever or like element skateboards you have these brands that have dudes like bob barnquist and like these dudes that can show up to the x games and those dudes party but like they have a pretty clean clean cut image. yes exactly do interviews and show up on time and like paul rodriguez and ryan sheckler those dudes all party you don't see them smoking reefer at the skate park in front of little kids, right? Yeah. And then you have like Baker skateboards. Yeah, Dustin Dolan and all that. <laughs> those guys, because skateboarding's so big and there's these other brands. To there's space for them. Yeah. There's space for that. Our sport, in my opinion, doesn't have space for everyone to act like a derelict. Yeah, and but, but just, you know what? My question, when I made you the question. Awesome. When I made yeah. it a question about about Winter Clash, well, I wasn't even going that way. So the thing is, I wasn't I'm even sorry, thinking. No, it's not a problem, and I really respect that. And like, the thing is, I'm about to become a dad, so it's yeah. it's for sure going to be part of my life. That type of thoughts, but at the same time, something that I always think when I go to the Winter Clash is, I love that event, but I see like people challenging life way too much. You know what I'm saying? It's like that. I don't know if you, I made a little video about the Winter Clash, and my video was just like how much of the how much of a jungle that looks like because it's just it seriously becomes a jungle. Everyone just wants to be the lion. Everyone wants to be the craziest. Everyone wants to do the craziest trick. But and like I said, I love Winter Clash. I love what JoJo does. But like a lot of people still need to understand that skating can be. You can be. A really good skater without challenging life, if that makes sense to you. And as, yeah. and as a father, like I'm not a father yet. But like I told you, if I was a father, or where I'm when I'm when I'm becoming a father, I don't I don't want to take my kids to see people trying to kill themselves, if that makes sense. I want yeah, to show them people hard, enjoying. Like, you know, I want to see. I want to show them people enjoying stuff the same way that I do, or at least having fun and not just battling for life because somehow that feels like you know those those fights in italy or in greece or whatever in the coliseum it's it's kind of it's kind of like what's happening yeah, in there it's just gladiator like, yeah, yeah it's just like yeah. <laughs> i don't know man it's like it, it's just our sport's real young dude and it's like guys like john julio just had kids and he's going to realize that too you know like when i was out in Cali, i think vala got there thing. before everyone else the truth is i think yeah. vala got there before everyone else vala is more like yeah. uh, maybe not about yeah. the having fun more about the being cool but it's it's more than you know what i'm saying it's not it's more than killing yourself to make skating look good so yeah i mean they're all about making every trick look crispy and that's awesome and that's 
yeah. I love that. I love <laughs> yeah, that too. I really like it. So it's a it's a yeah, different I, approach know, and I it's needed. Expect, you know, I, I guess I just come from the old time where like we were expected to be professional when it when it came to an event and that came with its sort of unspoken responsibilities of what a pro is like and I just you know, I hope some of the like you know, dudes are like on the course cracking beers, like, yeah, you know, or every video part like has <laughs> cracking beers smoking cigarettes and it's like most of the video parts i don't even show my kid like you know what i mean and i know like, exactly what you're saying is my favorite skater but i'm not about to show him the trail of beers edit it's like <laughs> and it's a shame because the kids are not getting into the sport you know? like, yeah but at the same time think about it, like the money in the sport right now as it's a, not there i get it yeah, yeah. check this imagine it's like you told me that when you first start getting paid from K2 was 96 or 98, you were getting paid $1,500. You well, tell me one skater getting paid that right now. Is there any rollerblader skater getting paid $1,500 right now to skate? I don't think so. See? It's, that, it's a different time, you know. It's just, and I get it, dude. And the youth guys, and they're wild, and, and it's awesome, you know. But it's like... I don't know. It's you look at some other sports that exist, like rock climbing or something like that. It's like, you know, those professional rock climber dudes aren't making a lot of money. There's maybe a few dudes that are, but you know, there's dudes that are like sponsored by Patagonia or whatever. And it's like those dudes probably party, but they're not at rock climbing events wiling out. You know, it's like yeah, it's like everyone. Man. Just, everyone needs to have fun level. their own way, but you need to know. I think there's a level of it that needs to be edgy for sure, dude. And there's a place for each individual to do their thing but like it is gnarly when you go to almost any blading contest now that the level of like open raging is like dang yeah. man like i'm not having my 10 year old kid come here and be exposed to this yeah i'll wait till he's 14 or whatever but, like, <laughs> so with that being like, said one question what do you think yeah. it's needed in skating so before even that even before that do you believe in those skating cycles that everyone says like everyone goes through cycles and skating is coming back and all that if you believe it when do you think it's coming back and what do we need for skating to come back probably not um, the same way or bigger or what do you think about way. yeah i think that i think skating is coming back i'm not seeing an aggressive skating i hate to use that word but like regular skating there is this new appeal like college-aged girls are skating more than ever here in the U.S. and just general recreation stuff and urban skating edits like Greg's videos get... Like, when you have big wheel edits where people are just ripping around, they get way more views, at least from rollerblades standpoint, like when we mm -hmm. put those edits out. It is Because true. people can relate to those edits. Um, and that kind of stuff is inspiring people. They're like, I saw the other day you, 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 the the Shanghai 80 millimeters video has like close yeah. to 1 million views. I saw it the other day. Yeah, it's over. It's over 1 million views. And it's, Is it? I, I, from what I saw, it was like a, close to one to a million. It's like 800 million, yeah. 800,000, something like that. It's not. I don't know. Like Sammy at this meeting that I was saying it was, but maybe, I don't know. It's a lot of views, right? So. And like the Greg Mirzon salt mine video where he gets faked down the salt mine in Poland. Like those kind of things really bring people in. I think as regular kind of general skating gets big, aggressive skating will get 
much more popular again too. I think there's also like, as far as skate park skating goes, that almost has to be reintroduced because, like, when I, my little small town in New Hampshire where rollerblading is based, where I used to live, mm-hmm. I would show up there at the skate park and kids would be like, "What is that?" They'd never seen it before. <laughs> They're like, "I've never seen anyone do that on skates before." And these are like kids that are fourteen and younger, you know. So, yeah, man. from th- we said, you said it from to, from ninety eight, you felt it started going down, and you felt it yeah. in your <laughs> in your own salary, so. <laughs> yeah, totally. It's I don't know, and it, it's got to just be people need to skate because they love to skate, and that's why dudes are doing it. I mean, it's like David Sizemore's not making a big paycheck; he just loves it, you know. And these kind of be, dudes, that's what it takes, you know. Dudes that just love it, they have pride in it, they want to make it look as good as possible when they make an edit or when they show up to a place to skate, and and that's what it takes. And then some TV exposure. I think the Nitro World Games is going to be huge for us. That was on TV here in the U.S. on Christmas Day for like 30 minutes, you know. And Travis was trying to like, the, the bladers look, they go bigger than skateboarders. And I like to watch it better. And it was super impressive. And the crowd was more amped on this than any of the other sports. And like the Asatokos with the Illist, you know. And like to have someone like that stand up there and hype skating, it's so huge, man. And then it's going to happen again this year, you know. So I think that is going to be a good channel doing it and then all the all the do you know the guys just, competing this year i don't know who it is exactly yet because that's I something that, that I, i still think would should change should change because like all the other all the other disciplines they all had like they all had to go through qualifying even the scooters this year they had qualifying but inline skating doesn't yeah, have I mean, qualifying we all know there's gnarly dudes like alfano that should be on there that would go Completely nuts, you know. Yeah, man. Julian Cudo, Julian Cudo, Julian. Have you seen his run in this? Have you seen his run in this thing? Like in this fees? I don't know how you call it. Like the thing that has just come down in a lot of ramps. He's just throwing double backflips in the middle of the run, like. <laughs> I, I mean, all that stuff, dude. I mean, and I think the more that, like, the sort of street skater dudes embrace also having a different set of skates for riding big wheels and ripping around and the more that those two worlds mix the more exciting it's going to be and people are going to go bigger like you know big air it's cheesy as it sounds that people have this expectation on tv like people going huge i mean you're used to seeing people doing double backflips on motorcycles for kind of loud and skaters can go huge too and they, they're doing it and it's just a matter of getting in, in front of people And then I also think speed skating can be bigger, like inline race, like the stuff Bart Swings does. Man, were were you in Berlin? Yeah, you were in Berlin. That was the first time I think I saw you. And just, you did 56. (laughs) I don't get it, seriously. (laughs) They're going as fast as like road cyclists that win races. And I think people are making good videos of that sport too and showing that it's super exciting it's more exciting than bike racing there's and you know what that's something that i realized today even if power slide is doing like a really nice work with with mark like trying to get like really nice work with marketing and all that today i was doing a video for one of their brands and i i needed to use some bart swings footage and i didn't get i didn't found like 
as much good footage as I wanted. See, like our our product manager, Jan Gadar, is a world championship marathon skater, and Jorge Botero, I work with in the southeast for promo stuff. Mm -hmm. When you skate with those dudes and you think you're fast, no, 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 I I, I know it's it's (laughs) another planet, dude. Like, I'll be skating as fast as I can can on 125s, and I'm going fast, like, I'm going like 20 miles an hour. These guys go by me, like, I'm standing. (laughs) Have you seen the video of the fastest lap from Bart Swings in the 24 hours of Le Mans? Yeah, it's nuts. It's just just watch that because that's that's that was one of the clips that I used the footage for. Basic. I think think marathons, dude. Like it just someone with a good marketing sense and can market that sport and make it super rad. Like the Berlin Marathon video that they make is good. Like they the one that they have like the short one that shows the highlights is done really good you know yeah mark is good mark is really good so you know we're going to do a better job in the north shore and on marathon trying to make promos for that because that's the biggest one in the u.s and that's just fun but i also think that racing needs to start at a like a shorter distance to get people because i still think a marathon's a little gnarly for someone like my wife's done the half ironmans and you know, starting off with a half marathon it's made still way more like palatable for her to put her head around, you know. Yeah, but there's a lot of places in the world. Have you seen that, that now this year there's like um I don't know the name of it, but it's like these I think it's from the Fierce. They're making like the the marathon world championship, something like that. And they yeah, have like a lot of marathons. And when you do that in most of those marathons, they also have shorter distances. If I'm not mistaken, yeah. most of them start with 5Ks and 10Ks and stuff like that, which is quite cool to get yeah. people on skates. I think that's good because, man, when you do that, it's insane. Like when you're in a pack with 20 dudes going 25 miles an hour or whatever it is in kilometers, it's insane. There's this hum and you're flying, dude. And the inertia and the, the power behind it is so many aggressive skater guys have gone and Every year, a few dudes show up to the North Shore. And they're like, oh, what's up, man? Like, man I, I used you know, to be a speed skater before, yeah, I mean, before being an aggressive skater. So that's where I come from. Like, the yeah, way that I skate. They, they do it. They do it and they love it. Like, Cameron Card and Jimmy Haig did Athens to Atlanta, which is 86 miles. Insane. And they were like, we're doing it. And they loved it. It was like pain death for them, but they loved it. You know, it's like the more everyone gets out of their comfort zone and like this what happened in the 90s and i was guilty of this too like we wanted to distance ourselves from all other types of skating you know and we did that we got into our little box and made fun of everybody that did everything else but now it's like just embracing skating and being like look no one thinks we're cool so we might as well embrace everybody you know like and then it then yeah we just did to get together like like we were saying the the more we look like one the more solid we're going to be the more places we can get it's skating that's the thing and that's that's why i've been having this little this little fight with a lot of people and that's why i made it this first question which was inline skating or rollerblading because people keep calling rollerblading but in the end while we keep calling something which is not the right name as you told me before it's just like we keep doing the same which is instead of empowering a sport it's like in one place they call it rollerblading, in the other place they call it inline skating, and then in the other place they call it um, patines in, in Spain. So there's a lot of people trying to 
to market something, but everyone markets something different. No one even knows what to call it, dude. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's just like you look I at BMX. BMX is the best example. Three simple letters. Everyone, it doesn't matter where you are, it's BMX. There's no other short name. There's no other long name. There's no other name for that. It's BMX. That's it. Track or in the streets. Yeah, it's it's BMX. I'm pretty proud of like Rollerblade as a company, as a brand. Like the fact that you look on our team page, you got Sean Keane to Jorge Botero to freaking Greg Mirzon. Amazing. All in the same page. That's seriously. All on the same page. Amazing. We're like at first I used to be like, oh, you know, when I first got a job, I was like, we need to have our own website and like but dude, that's Rollerblade the brand encompasses all types of skating and we're proud to be involved. Like what you see on that page has like that shows every type of skating for real. There's no like hiding behind it, you know? And and it's challenging as a company to be that, but yeah, it's a, and it's hard to market it. It's hard for you guys to keep like the Instagram and Facebook going on if you have to post like aggressive skating and speed skating and fitness skating and free skating and whatever skating you yeah. want to call it. Yeah, but it's I think it's also an important message because you know like Sean Keen had another sponsor. You know, I'm not not naming names, but like he didn't feel like he belonged there and it wasn't cool, and he left Rollerblade to go do that. And then he then he hit me up like four months later and was like, "Look, man, I made a mistake. Like, what you guys are doing at Rollerblades, the future. Like, that's what we got to do, you know." And so people get it. It just takes. And I know Sizemore. I was, didn't even knew that like, Sean Sizemore, left the brand. Yeah, he he went back and like Sizemore. I think was kind of the same story. He's like, man, you know, we we're dry. He was up in New Hampshire helping me like make maintenance video edits and like, you know, David and I are like brothers, dude. And he was just like, man, I want to go do, I want to go skate for a company that's just focused on the type of skating I do. And I was like, it's like, cool. You want me to call Julio? He's like one of my best friends. Like they're the ones doing it the best right now. As far as like just aggressive skating focus, like I was like, Rosie's is right next door. There's the warehouse. Like we were literally driving up the street to work. Their warehouse is right next to ours in New Hampshire. I was like, my friend runs the place right now. Like we can go in there and get you skates. He's like, no, no. I was like, yeah, dude. Like, David, I'm not going to sit here and like, like beg you to stay in somewhere where we're not doing what you think you should be doing. It's just so like he, he was the first. He, he was one of the first guys that he put it on the team, right? When he when he became, yeah, yeah it just he just changed so much. Like, all it, of the dude, well, again, I don't want to name names, but there was a big group of cool dudes made fun of david so that's what i was bad. going to say it's just like he, be- he, he became man. from the guy that used to use a yellow helmet and yellow pants to the uh, coolest guy robert, in the whole robert, game right now robert and Freo and i were like we're like older brothers to him we were like dudes you know, you're getting because he used to get bumped dude because like these cool dudes that you know from the cool guy posse whatever like not having names but make fun of him and he would like literally be really upset and be like david dude you're skating is on another level and when you figure mm. out you when you feel confident in you it's going to be so sick man and just do you man like yeah we it. think your yellow helmet and pink pants are whack and then we told you that before you went to the contest and you're the rebellion teenager and you went out there and you did it anyway and this is the repercussion man but like you got to understand that you're skating you're so damn talented at skating that man. everyone once you feel comfortable in your own skin is going to see that and you know and it's it's just like being a dad of a young kid he's like 
I saw it all unfolding and I was like, little dude's going to want to go be with the older cool dudes when he gets older. And sure enough, we had that discussion and I was like, David, I think you should go skate for this other brand and like, let's make it happen. You know, like, and, and that's what people don't understand. That's cool that you as a I, team manager for rollerblade somehow. I mean, was, you're not going to like sit there and BS, yeah. buddy, you know, like, of course. I knew what my mission was, and it's like to push skating as a whole. His mission was to be very, very like niche focused, and it just wasn't going to work, you know. Yeah, that makes and sense. So that's that's why, uh, you know, that's why what happened with David. And we fully respect each other. Like we see each other now. It's just like, man, I'm psyched for him. You know, he's doing what he wants. He probably makes less money, but he's doing exactly what he wants, man. And he's like making videos, and he has full control over what he's doing and he has like the old retro looking skate and like and so, he, like, people I'm, look at him as as an idol so he's not he uh, he's not the the weird kid using the the weird color pants and whatever he's like one of the coolest guys he's paid his dues i mean like we helped teach david how to do tricks when he was a little kid at skate pile you know and like i just now, remember Julian in the beginning of barely dead he's doing a 540 true top soul down rail <laughs> Like yeah. down a street trail, like I don't know if yeah, I've seen anyone like else doing it like that. So <laughs> I think yeah, it's awesome. Man. That says so it all. Cool to see that. Tom, so many stories like that. Yeah. Skates. What do you have planned? You don't need to go through details. What do you have any ideas? Is there anything new coming out that you want to say about it? It doesn't matter. It doesn't need to be small wheels, big wheels. You said that you said before that you're not only working with aggressive skates. So, yeah. So dude, there's a lot. <laughs> yeah, man. It's it's cool. We're uh, we've got a bit of a budget for innovation and exploration right now at Rollerblade, and so I'm working on all kinds of weird things, trying to test some different ideas out. And so, yeah, for sure, it's. Okay, so I'm going to make specific point. questions. Do you have any aluminum frame coming out? Because <laughs> I've seen that aluminum frame, amazing. The one that was, you told me about it. Oh. it was, I think you told me, I don't know if it was you. I think it was at the Winter yeah. Clash. Someone the told me it's like that aluminum powder frame. It was made on a 3D, wasn't it a yeah, 3D so printer? Are, those are a little bit mixed up things. So there was... Um, So Kyle Sola made, some, like, out of his own budget, he made some aluminum frames, UFS frames. Yeah, for people who don't know, those were the frames that people saw Joe Atkinson skating with, right? Yep. Okay. Yep. And um, so, yeah, that's that, that's actually specific. Kyle's made those, and I didn't have anything to do with those. Okay. They're awesome. And they I were think a 3D printed aluminum frame, right? They, They, those were not actually those were cnc aluminum which is they take an aluminum block yeah, i know like the wizard frame yeah like the wizard frame mm -hmm. but there was we've made we've 3d printed buckles in aluminum and you can do all kinds of crazy stuff like so yeah we're we're definitely working on new ideas all the time and you know all types of skating you I didn't tell me is there any aluminum frame coming out or what <laughs> <laughs> no, rollerblade right now no okay Okay, so any ideas that you want to say? Like, is there any new rollerblade skate being like aggressive skate boot or any new free skate? Because a lot of people always ask if the Metro Blade is UFS. I know it's not UFS, but are you guys thinking about making anything from that Metro 
blade into a different type like of skate? I would like to do that. Um, does everyone at the company agree on the same page exactly that yet? No, um, but we'll see. Okay. I would like to take that skate to another level because I think. Okay, uh, can I give you a suggestion? Yeah. You have a German guy called Sasha. That guy should be on Rollerblade Pro. He's freaking amazing. Sasha Sims? Yes. He's actually from New Hampshire, dude. <laughs> Is he? But he lives in Germany, yeah. doesn't he? No, man. He's uh, he's moving to California, actually. I Is it? I thought he was that. from Germany. We're going to see a lot more of Sasha. He's next level, for sure. That so guy. I'll, we've got a new skate coming out, or his type of skating. Um, and it's going to be crazy for 2018. So I just saw when he bought those old skates and did a fakey backflip over that barrier. It's just <laughs> insane. Oh, He's crazy. And we're going to make an edit of him this summer. So there's going to be a Gabe Holmes got a downhill edit. That's going to hit in a few days. Um, Sasha's got stuff in the works. So does Gabe Holmes still there. skates other type of skates or he's going like fully downhill? He's fully, he's fully rollerblade, but yeah, dude, Gabe skates everything. He's freaking ill. Gabe's one of these guys that people, he's so quiet and unassuming, but you have no idea. He's hes also like Greg in a way that's like, he can go to the skate park and blow your head off. He can speed skate. He can downhill. Like, yeah. So he's a gonna, real wheel addict. <laughs> yeah, you're going to see more stories of uh, these like kind of all terrain. Perfect. Yeah, for sure. That's cool. And, and Sean King? Sean King, is he free skating yeah. a lot more often now because he should be actually like I, I first met Sean King like in 2001 he was still super super tiny when I was in Cali for the first time I went up to NorCal with Ollie Short and Ryan Chudy and a few more guys and I remember yeah. Sean King doing an alley-oop he was trying he wasn't landing it there's this li really tiny ledge from one of the VGs where Jason Reduda does like I think he does an off-cap topsole or off-cap fishman like a really tiny, steep 20-stair ledge, something like that. And Sean King yeah. was trying like an alley-oop topsoil back then, and he was so tiny. I don't like... <laughs> yeah. And I remember that he was also really good at skiing, so that's why I'm asking, like, this guy, is he... He's really good at snowboarding. Yeah, snowboarding. <laughs> I know that he was really good yeah. in snow, something in snow. Like, he must... Yeah. So, yeah, Sean's... Uh, his style is one of my favorites, so... He's... He's just now really messing in the last, I don't know, year and a half, free skating more. And in Atlanta, that's all he's going to be doing for this photo shoot. So I'm super psyched like, to, to show that side of him because he's, he skates incredible. Like, slides and he's got this free skating style. It's like, it's different than Greg's where it's a little more influenced from proper yeah. like speed skating. So, you know, Ben and Greg have sort of like this crispy classic free skating yeah character. they were some of the first free skaters like yeah. known. So. and then sean skates like more aggressively on, on his free skate style so more like a new school we want to show all that yeah we want to show all that because it's all really rad and i think sean's going to be in a blow him and him and um sasha are, I, I do, think do you guys have any marketing levels. project like imagine like i remember like two years ago you had um the Sven Booker thing around the world. City Hopper. Yeah. yeah, and then last year you had Greg Diaries. Do you have yeah. anything like that for this year? 
Is there any of your skaters just traveling around the world and filming stuff? Um, not traveling around the world, but we're going to a couple of key locations to do some cool stuff. Yeah. That's cool. So this fall, you'll see a lot more cool photos and some footage of that type of what I think is the future of skating. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Any UFS big wheel thing coming out? Not yet. Okay. So the development of Metroblade and that stuff is done with Greg and Ben because they're the illest of that type of skating when we first started toying with that market and their opinion of that was that urban skates should have the heel lift in the frame for maximum control and sliding and stuff. Mm -hmm. I think that um, I don't necessarily think that that's the way of thinking anymore with them and now that, now that people have read comments and a lot of people have written the product and You know, I, I like the UF. I like the fact that there's this universal frame system. I think the UFS system sucks. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't. I don't really like it. It's the amount of frame. You know what I mean? But it's pretty far down the road. So I don't know, man. Like, I, <laughs> I hate the UFS system. It's okay, one one last question. Yeah. So I'm just making this question because he was a really good friend of mine. I know that he wasn't happy. I. The truth is, I don't think it has anything to do with you. But what yeah. happened with Matt Hogger, Matthias Hogger? Okay, yeah, yeah, it's easy. I saw that with Facebook. Yeah, because he's, like, he's a really good friend of mine. But at the same time, man, before you even say anything, with someone living in Australia, I know it's not easy to do anything when it comes to marketing. And if someone is getting paid for yeah. whatever, it's uh, yeah. if you can't. That's all it was. So I put him on. He's, he had just moved to Australia on a holiday. I'm like, sweet, man, go on the trip to, to there. And then it, we need somebody in Germany. Germany is like one yeah. of its second biggest market, you know? So I was like, we got this kid. His style's awesome. Yeah, he's, he's amazing. <laughs> yeah, he's an amazing skater. And I told him, I was like, man, I put you on because you lived in Germany, man. And I need someone in Germany. And like, I got, like, we could fund you in Germany. But Australia is one of our smallest markets yeah, it should be big obviously. even just to send the products right <laughs> yeah and so i was sending him skates from the u.s to, to australia which is expensive in itself and then to fly someone over to north america from australia is like twenty five hundred dollars if you know or more and it just i was like dude i told him i was like man i can't support you in australia the way you want to be supported we can get you free skates yeah And he was pissed. Yeah. <laughs> he, just didn't, he just didn't understand that business fact. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. Like, yeah, it's, it's bad. I know what you mean. Like, it's bad because yeah. on your role, you need to make... It's not about your decision, but it's like someone above you who gives you the money to spend with something. And you need to be the one being the face of the brand, basically. You need to tell them there's no money for this, there's no money for that. And like some, I, I feel that with some th some of the stuff that I need to do sometimes and sometimes it kind of feels like unfair, but yeah. the people dude, above us, they know what they're saying and they know what they're doing, so. Yeah. And if I want to keep my job and I got to be responsible for the owner that's giving me money to do things, I've got to do, it's not about Matias Lager only. It's it's a big picture. Like I showed you that team page. There's a lot of people involved, and so I just had to make a decision, man. And I told him he didn't understand. And then you see the stuff on the internet where it's like, well, it screws everyone over, and it's like this overreaction. And it's like that kind of stuff. 
is a real shame because he's not the only one that's reacted to things like that, even from other skate companies. And that makes our sport look so immature. I know. I keep saying the same. Kid, the biggest like, problem with that is like when someone do this, does something like that, And I keep saying the same. I do love Matthias like a lot. Hoger is like a really good friend of mine. But I've seen that happen, like you said, a lot with a lot of people. And the biggest problem with that is like people are burning bridges. And it's not even about like the way that our sport looks, but even their career, if you want to call a skating career. But like their skating no is done. Yeah, the, their skating no is done after that. So Yeah, because, you know, as someone in your position, you're like, dude, I want to work with this guy. But he's sketchy you know it's like if something ever goes wrong it's we're gonna have more negative uh, we're gonna get more negative feedback than positive so you don't want to leave it and i've worked with skaters like that i mean it's like you know there's been other dudes that have final question that freaked (laughs) out <laughs> we might need to close this soon to to finish this soon one yeah but one final question who was the best skater you ever work with it from all types of skate it doesn't really matter what type of skating we talk about robert guerrero why is he not skating rollerblade skates anymore because robert guerrero um he retired from pro skating he said look dude i want to explore another path in my life um and i'm going to move to peru and i'm going to do this ayahuasca shaman thing mm-hmm. and i was like dude i get it now robert's not 20 years old yeah. know, robert's like 35 or eight i'm not exactly sure forgive me robert if you're listening i should know your age he's like still one of my best homies and he just wanted to pursue a different path in his life and so that's you know that's what he did was he robert the go. one telling you about sean king um the first time i've ever met sean i was with robert so that's why i'm asking (laughs) i don't think rob turned me on to sean he might have but i i was stoked on sean when he skated for that one i saw him skating and and then i knew he worked he was working with roller warehouse and i think gil from roller warehouse was like yeah sean tried your skates and he thinks they're pretty rad you think no way he did (laughs) that's exactly what you wanted to hear do you think sean might be on the way from from a second robert guerrero to your best skater ever or i hope i hope so yeah i mean um it's you know it's like you said earlier it's like understanding business and where you work and the realities of it all like that's hard for some skaters i think sean understands it better than others because he works at roller warehouse yeah um and i think yeah i think he's got a pretty that's cool right future if he's patient and and for someone the pace of the company is For someone who's been designing skates and who's so much into skating, what is your favorite skate product on the market? And this is my final question. It doesn't need to be from Rollerblade. It doesn't need to be. What is your favorite skate product on the market right now? It's a hard question. It's a really hard question. The skate that I use the most right now is the Metroblade, and I change the frames <laughs> for like what I'm doing. Uh, what frames do you skate. have on those? Uh, I use three different frames. So I use the 80 millimeter four by one setup. Mm-hmm. I use the three by one ten setup. And then I have a big groove with the Dremel tool on the bottom so that I can skate marathons in three by one twenty That's cool. So I ride that boot more than anything right now. And, um, man, I want to get like, skate park skating more. Um, my body is 
pretty thrashed from that. Mm, don't even tell me anything. I'm playing a game of Blade. On I think it was the worst idea that I've ever had. I'm playing a game of Blade through this YouTube thing. And with this guy yeah. from Brazil, he's freaking amazing. I hope he's not listening to this because he's going to start doing these tricks. <laughs> But he did like a, <laughs> three, know, he did a 360 soul it, to yeah. backslide to Aliu Porn. And I haven't done 360 souls like him in a million years. So yesterday I was doing 360 souls and I just missed one and my elbow. I couldn't move. My wife is, was no. making my wife was making fun of me the whole day and whole night. And now yeah. I can't still I mean, move I, it that good. So <laughs> skate parks, I love it. I still go with my son. He loves it. He's always wanting to go. And I go, but I just don't fall. And if I fall, I'm like, that's, that's it. You know, like, Because my body, my lower back, I've had two knee surgeries, my shoulders are dislocated and they hurt for no reason now, like oh, 41, all these things that you did that like... <laughs> I'm, st I'm still five years away from that. <laughs> you feel it, dude, so you've got to stretch, I do yoga. I love mountain biking, man, because in New Hampshire I couldn't skate half the year, so I got into mountain biking a lot and I still do it. And so like, now it's like, I don't want to have like a blasted hipper or a yeah. sore wrist where I can't mountain bike, so... I speed skate a lot and I just shredded the skate park mushroom cool. lady stuff <laughs> the thing with me is like I was just so concerned because man my wife she's like 38 weeks pregnant I got my phone yeah. like as loud as I can get and, yeah, you can't <laughs> and she's calling me outside right now she's like she's mad at me right now because Kevin James from Canada is in he, he's living in Barcelona and he's in Cape Town and we might we need to go out now for drinks anyway I was just saying that After my fall, I'm just scared that we have the kid and then I can't grab my baby. So it's my first baby. So I don't want to be <laughs> messed up. I might need to skate a little bit softer for the next few. Well, good luck, man. And, uh, what you're doing is awesome. Watching all the stuff doing. Thank you so much, Tom. Okay. Really nice from you to find this time for us to talk. I think people will appreciate it. Okay. Yeah, we could go on for probably four hours. You know? <laughs> I know. Uh, <laughs> we might need to do a, a part two one day. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye, Tom. And that was it. This was Tom Iser, straight from the USA, team manager, product development, and someone who works on the marketing from Rollerblade. He was the one telling us the right name is Inland Skating. But people keep calling it Rollerblade. So it's up to you. You call it whatever you want. Anyway, I hope you enjoy these skate talk. And if you did, you know what you need to do. You just sh you should subscribe to the channel. Underneath this video, there's this little button saying subscribe. If it's red, that means that you didn't click on it. You're not subscribing to the channel. If you click on it, it's going to become gray once it's gray on the side there's like a little bell if you click on that bell you'll get notifications every time that i upload a video or one of these skate talks and that's it i want to say thank you to tom weiser for finding the time to to speak with us and that's it hope you enjoyed thank you so much for hearing these guys cheers we'll be there, like that